Your future marriage relationship can bring you incredible joy or really deep pain. And you might not realize it, but your single years have a very important role to play. Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. Adrian and I are discussing an important topic today so that you can use your single years well. excited about today's topic because we are talking about going to church. And so I know some of you may be thinking, is going to church really that important? I mean, every church is streaming nowadays. Can't I just stay at home in my pajamas and watch the sermon and worship in my living room? Like what difference does it really make if I actually show up in person or not? Or maybe on the flip side, you've been a little hesitant to go to church consistently because every time you go, you feel so isolated, you feel so alone because everyone's there with their husband or everyone's there with a family and you're just like, who do I even sit with? And so I think our discussion today on the church as a single woman is going to be really, really beneficial and our guest is amazing. Yes, we have the perfect guest. We've actually asked our friend Tanya back on the podcast to discuss this with us. And you guys got to know Tanya a little bit on episode number 15, where she talked about what it means to help other women grow spiritually. But Tanya is the best of the best in spiritually mentoring women. She is a seasoned single woman, and she loves God, she loves life, she loves people, and she loves the church. Tanya is one of my favorite people in the world, and she is living a fun-filled, meaningful life, and God is working through her to bring about life change all over the world. Welcome back to the podcast, Tanya. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, Tanya, it's been a little bit since you've been on the podcast and, you know, we were chatting offline and we learned some fun new updates about you. So tell us what's been going on in your life recently. How have you been feeling brave? Well, I, I have loved the skinny jean era, but I realize and I'll acknowledge to everyone that I need to move on. Finally, everyone else has moved on. I've hung on to it for a long time and I've been exploring my options. So yes, skinny jeans, not wearing them anymore. You've been doing the boot cut, maybe a little flare, mom I'm fit. Ha I'm <laughs> half and half, and so I still have. I'm still wearing my skinnies, but um, <laughs> but I'm exploring some flare, some boot cut, some loose, um, just some entry level, old navy trial runs, and then we'll move from there. I love it. <laughs> I will say entry level is where you have to start because I will say it is a big change to really go from a skinny jean to something else. It is. I've been so brave, but um, <laughs> I'm grieving, grieving the end of the skinny jean era. I mean, you've also been brave because I follow you on Instagram and you decided to switch up your Oklahoma State Fair competition. You always do the food entry. And so you were doing, I think like cookies the last time. And so what was the one that you entered in this year to the county fair or state yeah, fair? So sorry. Great state fair of Oklahoma. Um, well, I've been the last few years doing some cookies um, and doing all right. I've got a couple of ribbons, but um, this year I did like a family recipe, this relish that um, is a family recipe. And 
Um, and so me and my parents made it together and entered it and we got fourth place. So Woo-woo. yes, let's go. Is that yeah, your highest yeah. achievement yet at the Oklahoma State um, Fair? I have gotten another fourth place ribbon. Yes. On a cookie, but, um, it feels great to say I have the fourth best relish in the whole state of Oklahoma. <laughs> that's an accomplishment. I mean, we got to get you to the podium next year, like first, right, second, I and know. third. I know. You that's, the goal. You're gonna enter. that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so fun. I'm telling you, Tanya, you live a really fun life. So today we're talking about the church. And I know that you have felt a lot of the emotions that I was dis- that Adrian was kind of discussing earlier. Would you tell us about the church? I mean, like what what is the church? Yeah, I know I definitely resonate with a lot of the things that y'all mentioned before. Um, as a single woman, it is hard to go to church, especially if you're relocating or um, to shop for churches. You go, you sit by yourself. There's like all sorts of just um, insecurities or just the aloneness or the loneliness is kind of kind of rises to the surface a, a bit. And so um, I get that. I mean, I'm as if you're young and um, single, I travel a lot. I'm going out of town all the, a lot of times on weekends. So it's hard to plug in at a church because I'm just out of town a lot on the weekends. Um, and so I think that um, I get a lot of those issues um, with plugging into a church as a single woman. Um, I will tell you, Kim, you asked, what is the church? And so biblically, the church is the body of Christ. So nothing about a building, nothing about a lot of the visible pieces that we we associate with church, mm-hmm. but it's the body of Christ. And so, um, which is the collection of all Christians in the world. So let's call it big C church, like capital C church is um, all Christians. So if you're a follower of Christ, you're part of the big C church. Um, Now the local church, a little C church, we'll call it, um, is kind of just the local body that you belong to. They know you, you know them. Um, And there's some biblical pieces to what constitutes a church and what isn't a church necessarily. But that's what it is, is the body of Christ. All of us collectively serve together to make up like the visible or the functional piece of of Christ on this earth. We're to serve and to love um, the world around us and each other um, as Christ did to us. And so that is what it means. It's in the the purpose of the church, why the church was created by God um, is to equip Christians to serve the world. And so it strengthens our faith. It maintains our faith, but it also equips us to serve and love the world like Christ did with us. And so that's kind of the purpose of the church. It says in Ephesians 4, um, that's that scripture to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So just maturing us and um, equipping us. Oh, that's good, Tanya. Thanks for kind of outlining that definition and see where it comes from in scripture about it's for the building up of the saints, building up of other Christians. And so you mentioned what a church is. What is a church not? Like if I have a Bible study in my living room, is that a church, you know? Or if we're like all watching a sermon online, is that church? You want to speak into that a little bit? Okay. So what a church is, I'll say what a church is. 
um, and kind of clarify what it means biblically to be a church um, is the essential elements are very simple, actually. And so there's like a leadership uh, prescribed in scripture that is um, defines a church. And so that's some elders and pastors. Um, and so there's some like organization that the Bible prescribes to constitute a church. Uh, and those that leadership is for our care and for our love um, and for our protection, um, for our accountability. Um, also ordinances is a word that um, is required by a church. And so that all that means is that a church has to practice the Lord's Supper um, communion or and sorry, mm -hmm. and the church has to practice baptism. And so those two pieces are required to technically be a church. And then a third piece is just um, the teaching of the scriptures, good doctrine. And so that's kind of the third piece. So that leadership structure, uh, the ordinances, and good doctrine is being taught. So that's what a church is. I love it. Now, here's what a church is not. Um, it's a little complicated <laughs> and, and unclear in America. <laughs> In America, there's it's a church culture, right? We're a Christian country, um, in theory, and so there's lots of uh, kind of some misconceptions of what church is, and so um, church is not your college ministry if you're involved in a college ministry. Church is not um, Christian podcasts or online streaming. Um, church is not sorry, Kim. <laughs> We're not a church. <laughs> No offense. I claim to be the church. I haven't claimed to be the church. <laughs> Just kidding. And obviously, a lot of these pieces are good. And God likes, you know, online streaming podcasts and and sermons and um, articles online. God wants that. But that's not church. That's not like the one thing he commanded. He never commanded to listen to Christian podcasts. He did command you to be in a church. And that is an essential element to, to walking with God. So also not as not your church is maybe a Bible study or accountability group you're in or a book club that you're in. Also not your church is conferences, Christian conferences and Christian events. The church doesn't exist just for you to find friends or to find a boyfriend um, or to find <laughs> some people. Church is not brunch on Sunday mornings with your Christian friends. Um, again, God's not opposed to any of those things. But that's not the like piece that he's instituted for you to be able to walk with God. That's really good, Tanya. I feel like you really just laid a good foundation for us right there on what church is and what church isn't. Yeah. I mean, how often do you get to hear that? So Okay. So I will tell Tanya. you. Thanks, Tanya. Also, I'll tell you what's um, not required of a church. And so as you're shopping churches or you're looking at churches, um, the church is not required to be cool. Um, a church is not required to have great music. Never does the Bible say that it's only cool people for you or it's only really good <laughs> worship for you. Um, it's not required to have people your age or a ministry for young adults. Um, it's not required to have convenient service times or good coffee or everyone agrees with you on every topic. 
or it is not required to have great preaching. And so you can find, there's no shortage of, of great teaching online that you can find, but those people that you're listening to or reading their articles, they don't know you. And so a really, a really important piece of church is that you're under the leadership of people who know you, see you frequently, know your life, understand you, and can speak God's word, God's truth to you in the context of who you are and what's going on in your life. And that doesn't happen with online streaming, online church where they don't see you. Um, that doesn't happen virtually. Okay, Tanya, I got a clarifying thing because, you know, your last point, you said great preaching. And so I think I know what you mean here. You kind of mean that like charisma, stage presence, you know, all of that. You're not saying good doctrine isn't required, like good biblical doctrine required. Is right. that correct? Yes. So he might not be the, the best speaker you've ever heard. Um, and you can find better online somewhere um, and might not be the most eloquent person in the world. But if he knows you, that's the significant part. And if he can apply God's right doctrine and right truth to your life, um, then that's what's important. Awesome. Like what about those, including myself, who go to a really big church mm -hmm. and we don't know our pastor personally mm -hmm. um, and they don't know us personally. Yeah. So if you're at a big church, um, that's hard because you don't, he, your shepherd, your pastor doesn't know you and can't speak to you. He can speak to like your community and there's like something important about that. Um, you know, what's going on in your city and your community and the, the issues there. Um, I would say that a great, mega church would have mechanisms in place to where there are shepherds that kind of shepherd smaller groups within the church. And so, um, yeah. is there a woman or a man that, yeah, knows you and sees you and you're, you are under their leadership. Another couple of things that the church that is not required of the church to be a good church is for everyone there to be your best friend and be just like you. And so this is not your pledge class that you're rushing. This is um, all different sorts of people that are under, unified under Christ. And that speaks volumes to the world that you are not like each other, but yet you love and serve each other and you are one under Christ. And so another couple of things that aren't required of the church is for it to be comfortable for everyone to be there. And so it's going to be uncomfortable to be there as a single person and with people that you're not like in every way that don't share all your same hobbies um, or backgrounds and um, also not required of a church is to be perfect and so you will never find a perfect church there will always be an issue with whatever church you're attending um, and it speaks volumes volumes to the world when um, churches can still love and serve each other even when there's conflict or issues that pop up well tanya thank you so much just for that brief um theological you know presentation of what the church is and what the church isn't because i think there is a lot of confusion especially in our day when there's so much available to us but one of the reasons I wanted you to come on and speak about this is that you get what it's like to be a single girl at church and experiencing some of the things that 
you know, we've talked about, about feeling that alone or not connecting with people or feeling like everything is geared towards married people. So let's make it personal. We'd love to hear from your experience. What benefits have you received from going to church? I mean, I know we're not supposed to be focused just on the benefits, but I'm just curious about what benefits it's brought for you. Yeah. um, I mean, it kind of goes back to what the purpose of the church is, too, that I mentioned is is that um, God uses it to strengthen my faith. Um, but he also has used it to, um, as a, a conduit for like love and purpose in my life. And so, um, he loves me and he, um, has a purpose for my life. And, and this is one of the like main ways he, he fleshes that out in my life. So I'll just talk a little bit more about that. So God's love for me, um, I, I think as single women too, we feel alone. We feel can feel sad sometimes, or we, we're waiting for if the Lord might bring us a husband or not. Um, and so a lot of times I look at my married friends and they sort of have theoretically a built-in system source of love, ongoing love, which I know that it's not always perfect. I know there's <laughs> issues that arise there, but um, <laughs> But it's easy to look at that and be no, like, yeah, you're oh, right. That's a good kind of comparison. Yeah. I'm not loved. Um, but I cannot tell you the amount of times that the Lord has used uh, relationships within the church to love me and encourage me and support me and provide friendship for me in very surprising, very unexpected ways that I can only attribute to the hand of God because of how wild and weird and mm. unique that they are. And so I, those are very, yeah, you want to share one of those expressions, Tanya? some examples of God showing his love to me through this is as I've served, worked in the nursery or, um, done different mission, local or global mission trips or projects. I make friends with these people that, aren't my age, aren't in my stage of life, aren't from my same background, but all of a sudden I have this, this deep friendship. So one of my closest friends was a lady that 20 years ago, I worked in the nursery once a month holding babies and we became close friends and we've traveled the world together and she's 20 years older than me. And, um, she's just become a very special encouragement and friend to me, um, through, rocking babies once a month. I mean, this is silly, but I'll say it. But a couple months ago, I was at church on Sunday morning and the head elder who is in his eighties, very kind and supportive and encouraging man. Um, and he said, well, you sure do look pretty this morning. And all of a sudden I thought, wow, the Lord just used him to make me feel feminine and, and beautiful. And, um, and I thought that was just a really sweet, uh, sweet moment. I I think too, I look around any church building on a Sunday morning, I can feel alone, but I see, I can see so many single women that are either widowed or divorced or their husbands don't come or they're single moms or they're like me, or I mean, a thousand different scenarios playing out. And I'm like, oh, I'm not alone in this. It's not just me. And so 
couldn't we just kind of solve the loneliness issue if we all just kind of sit by each other a little bit? Or So there's a widow I sit by sometimes. There's another who's in her 80s. There's another widow or another woman named Barb that is a close friend of mine in her 70s. Her husband doesn't come with her sometimes. And so anytime I see Barb sitting by herself, I'm like, I'll just go sit by Barb. And just so some sweet friendship um, that happen um, at my church. Uh, I could go on and on, truly. I mean, I, I think it's sometimes when I was sick, and just um, a young family that I'm friends with um, bec because we've been working together with uh, serving some of the Afghan refugees and became, we became close friends and she kept dropping off meals um, at my house that her kids mm -hmm. would help make in little notes. And, um, and so that's the, but that would, none of that would happen if I wasn't showing up and engaged and involved. And so I think a key to that is just keep showing up and allowing the Lord mm -hmm. um, setting the stage for God to provide for me. But if I'm not showing up, mm -hmm. I'm not setting the stage for God to provide for me in those ways. Yeah. If I could add anything to that, Tanya, just when you are showing up and you're being consistent, it's like you kind of have to step out of your comfort zone a little bit too. I can think of a recent story for me. When we first moved to Arizona, we were looking at churches. And in that season, Dave also got really, really sick with a thyroid disease. And so in that season, he wasn't able to church shop, but yet it was really important that we could you know, find and land on a local church. And so I went a few times by myself and I was like, no. I was like, I don't want to go by myself. I'll just wait till you, you know, feel better. It's until the you worst. Feel and we'll go. Yeah. But I, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go. Like I, this is something I can contribute and I can, you know, report back and share what I found. And so I remember going to the service and because I was alone, I was like, you know what? I can either just sit here, listen to the sermon, walk out and leave, or I can engage with people and really try to get to know what the people of this church are like. And I remember meeting this girl named Brooke and Brooke and I, we actually kept up for a while. She ended up just moving, but I would have never met her had I not gone in with the mindset of, you know what? I'm going to show up. I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. And that was the church we ended up joining and becoming members at. And so it's just kind of crazy looking back what God can do when we, you know, show up when we're consistent and we get out of our comfort zone. Absolutely. I think you just keep sticking your hand out and introducing yourself and, um, and trying to become friends. And it doesn't always hit. There's a, when I moved to a big city, was trying out some churches, volunteering. I tried so hard to make friends and no one was taking the bait. And so, um, but I just kept trying is the thing. Yep. Got to keep trying. And as the token introvert in this trio here, I have learned, you know, especially like showing up to places where I just, you know, I don't just naturally gravitate to groups of people, but just to realize that most of the people are feeling just like me. And for some reason that kind of flips a switch and it helps me think of how can I make them more comfortable? Mm -hmm. And going back to what you were saying, Tanya, you know, looking for people who are by themselves too. Mm -hmm. And maybe you can be the warm, friendly hello that we all enjoy mm -hmm. um, experiencing when we go to a new place. I thought of a couple other ways the Lord's shown me love through these relationships. Um, um, one, there's this older couple that really took to me and um, just cared about me. I don't know even why they did, but um, their name were their names were the Waddells, Mac and Sue Waddell, and they both passed on now. But um, for years, they would just when they were out and about, they would drive by my house just to check on it. 
they would just eyeball it, mm. check on things, see how they were, especially if they knew I was out of town for something. They took it upon themselves to just check on my house. And so I, I just felt loved by that, and I thought it was really sweet. Um, there was a time, too, when a, I had a rental house that burned down, and there was a, a couple, a family at my house, at my church that I didn't know, but they heard about it and they said, oh, she can come live in our garage apartment for a while. And so the Lord just in surprising and unique ways during crisis and tragedy, um, the Lord provided for me through the local body of Christ that I was a part of, that I was a member of. And so membership matters. They need to know that you belong, that you exist, and um, you need to know that you exist and belong and that, that they exist. I mean, it's this mutual blessing that, that has to happen. So membership mm -hmm. at, a, at a local church, not just attending um, or being around, but mem being a mem becoming a member, it really does matter. And I, I think as single women, we feel so alone sometimes, but that's literally why one of the reasons God created the church is so we wouldn't be isolated in our faith. Um, and so I don't know why it's still so hard sometimes to be brave and courageous and go to church alone when that was part of the reason it exists. I think we often, if we're feeling, you know, insecure, whatever it is, I think we're just giving into our flesh, you know, it's like, it's no surprise that Satan would use that strategy on us, like you said, if that's the purpose of the church and why it was created and bringing people, individuals together collectively to worship God and praise God. It's like, wouldn't the enemy want to do anything in his power to try to get us to not go and do that? Well, Tanya, these are good. I, I can just think back to when I was a single woman at the church and it just felt good to belong somewhere. You know, that people knew me, I knew them, and they were watching out for me. I was watching out for them. And um, and so that just was a really um, powerful time in my life that I'm so grateful for. So I'm so glad that you touched on that. What's another benefit that you have received just from being part of a local church? The local church has strengthened my faith. It's maintained and strengthened my faith. Um, and it's helped me cultivate my purpose in life. And so I think we all... Mm -hmm want to know clearly what is my purpose? Why am I waking up this morning? Um, what's God made me for? Um, and part of that is to be the body of Christ. And so there's a few passages in scripture, um, ones in, in 1 Corinthians, where it talks about um, the body of Christ is just like anybody, like any physical body, like the eyeballs, the nose, the mouth, the ears, the feet, the hands. And so um, it says in the Bible that they're all important. And so it might not seem as important. My toe might not seem as important as my eye, um, but they're equally as important. The eye needs the toe and the toe needs the eye. And um, when you become a Christian, there's um, gifts that God gives you to serve the church. And the whole body of Christ is needed. And so um, the church needs you and whatever your giftings are. And um, you need the church. You need all the other giftings to, to function as one body together. And so if the, and the scripture says if the foot hurts, then the eye hurts. They all hurt together um, and they all need each other. And so um, it's hard to find out what your gifts and what your purpose are, what your purpose is, if you're not in the context of a local church, just experimenting and seeing where you fit and where you belong. And so that's um, some encouragement I would give is just to uh, explore with 
you know, serving and volunteering and functioning within the church to see what is your best fit and how do you serve. They need you somewhere, somehow, some people at the church, they need you. Um, I promise you, every single one of you, but you need to be there and doing things <laughs> before you can figure out exactly what that looks like. Okay, Tanya, I have a follow-up question for you on that. You are a seasoned single woman, and so you have been involved in the local church for some years. Tell me all, or just briefly, you know, all the different ways that you have served and, yeah, all the different ways you've served the local church. Like, obviously, we heard about the nursery, but, like, what else have you gotten to do in the local church? Yeah, lots of things. Oh, my word. Um, I think... um, encouragement. Um, I think bringing meals to people who need it. I think playing with my friends' kids when my my mom friends are tired and worn out and uh, need some distractions for their kids. (laughs) I think think sharing my faith with people and and leading people to Christ and, and helping others do the same. I think um, mentoring women, discipling them in, in scripture, um, helping them grow deep, um, a lot of mission work. Um, and so planning churches in unreached areas and unreached places um, has been really fun. And those are just some of the ways I can think of. I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad you're, you mentioned this, Tanya, because again, you know, when I was single, we all want to belong. We all want to have meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how God provides for that mm-hmm. in the church. You know, mm-hmm. when when I, well, even as a married woman, but when I'm, when I'm doing something that I know that has eternal value, it's very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you realize that you have a part in something bigger than yourself. And it's very satisfying. You know, Jesus talked about, you know, I have, I have bread that you don't know of, you know, and that when we do God's work, it's like he satisfies us mm-hmm. and it's just very, very fulfilling. And I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of young or a lot of single women uh, don't really plug into that and they miss out on this meaningful, rich life that God provides for us. Yeah. You see, you see the preacher and you see the singers. And if I can't do either of those things, then it's hard to to know how I fit into the church, but there's lots and lots and lots of ways that you can and should fit into the church. Absolutely. And I've really seen the church be like a family to me. So my parents live in Kansas. My sister lives in Kansas. My other sister lives in Memphis, Tennessee, and it's just me and Dave out on an island in Arizona. And, you know, Kim's here, obviously, so she's <laughs> yeah, like family to me as well. <laughs> but um, other than that, it's like we're we're just kind of out here. And so our like closest community is our church. And I remember mm-hmm. at the beginning of this year, we miscarried. And that was obviously really difficult and hard. And in a season where my family couldn't just, you know, come out here and comfort us or sit with us and neither could Dave's family. I really saw the local 
church step into that role of being comforters for us and asking us, you know, how we're doing, providing some meals for us, getting to pray over us and walk through us in that trial. And so I look back and I go, man, if I wasn't a part of a local church, I would have really missed out on seeing really the character of God, seeing his nature of being a comforter, a provider, someone who cares and who loves. And he really just showed those characteristics through the people at the local church that served us in that season, which was just so beautiful. Yeah, I think the church has been um, my primary source of just Bible teaching, um, exposing my heart to the Word of God weekly. Um, I think that as I meet people from all different ages and stages and backgrounds and hear their stories, it is wild what God has done and can do in people's lives. And so meeting them and knowing them, my just understanding of how who God is and how He works has just erupted um much wider view of that than than without the church um even the sacraments the ordinances the lord's supper and baptism that's an act of worship and deepens my faith and understanding of who god is uh one thing i've noticed so now i work at a church this is only three years that i've been working at a church and one thing i've noticed is that there are um, people that are christians who are either trying to get married or buried um, that pass away that haven't been involved in a church and they have nowhere to get married or buried because they haven't been a part of a, mm. of a church. I've also seen so many Christians when crisis strikes that they don't have a pastor to reach out to because they haven't been a part of a mm. local church or they don't have a community to be family to them. Like you just said, Adrian, because just Sunday after Sunday, they were like, we'll just watch online or um, we'll, we'll try the church out next week or whatever. And then when crisis hits, tragedy hits, there's nowhere to go. And mm-hmm. um, that's God's mechanism for support and love and family is, is the church. And so, and then back to purpose, uh, so many people just kind of become aimless and, and sad because they don't know what their purpose is in life, but they haven't been a part of the local church. And so it takes a while of just keeping showing up, sticking your hand out and making the way possible for God to work and move, um, week after week for that to all happen. One way that I like to look at the relationship with Christian ministries and the church is a lot like the hospital and a paramedic, because the term that's used for a lot of Christian ministries is parachurch, which means alongside church. And every time I see a paramedic, I'm so grateful for them. But the paramedic only takes people to the hospital. It's not in and of itself the the main thing we need the paramedic and we need the hospital and so they work in sync with each other and so same way a parent church should work in sync with the church but the church is the big one and the parent church just helps strengthen the church Yeah, I think that's a good application, Kim. I'm thinking of if any of these listeners like maybe have a Bible study or they're in a college ministry, it's like, hey, what does your Sundays look like with these girls? Are you inviting them to church? Are you, you know, physically driving them? Are you helping them serve and find areas of ministry in which they can serve and use their gifts and talents in? So I think that would be a great application from this podcast. If you aren't involved in a local church, but say you are in a ministry or a Bible study, how can you and maybe a few others in that ministry get involved and serve your local church? 
church. Say there's a girl in our listening audience who isn't going to church right now, or maybe she's getting ready to move to a new city and she's going to have to find a church. What advice do we have for her to find a good church? Let's just throw out some different ideas. Well, one good thing, you can start online. I'm so grateful for church websites. And you can start just searching. You can even listen to some of the sermons and get a feel for what the teaching's like. I would encourage someone to learn how to read a statement of faith, how to learn um, what doctrine and what good doctrine is. And so I know that can be overwhelming when you might go to a statement of faith website and you're like, is this what I believe about God? Is this what I believe about the Holy Spirit? But just, I would say, take a step and just try to learn about that to see if you can discern whether this church lines up with what you believe. And you might even search out some, you know, Christians that you know, uh, and just ask for recommendations. A lot of times people have connections to different cities. um, And, you know, you can kind of like if you're moving to a new place, you can find out some possible churches to check into before you even get there. I think you need to also look for churches that are preaching from God's word. And so a lot of them can be kind of just motivational speakers, um, which is what it is, but that's not preaching doctrine. That's not going to, that's not the God's truth. That's going to transform your life. So like if you walk, if you go to church and you walk away, understanding a something in the Bible better, then that's a good sign. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or if the pastor isn't holding the Bible or reading from the Bible at any point in the sermon, that's a bad sign. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, those are some tips. Well, what a great conversation. Tanya, it's always a pleasure to have you. You know, the application from this podcast is to show up to church this Sunday and start building relationships with the church family because the you need the church and the church needs you. And as a special note to our campus outreach listeners, Tanya is going to be speaking at the New Year's conference with Campus Outreach Chattanooga. So you'll be excited to get to see her. And to our STUMA listeners, Tanya is also going to be at SMC this year, and we are so excited about having her come. So you're going to get to hear her even more. And I'll be there at SMC too. My husband, Sean, is one of the keynote speakers. Thanks so much for spending time with us today. We hope you'll join us again next time because we still have a lot to talk about.